Hello and welcome to the Richards Report. I'm Ted Richards. A passion of mine is investing. I love chatting about it and learning about investing. But what I hate is when people speak in acronyms and jargon to make things unnecessarily complex. This podcast is all about breaking the jargon down to help us all better understand investing fundamentals, their risks and returns. I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to The Richards Report, where we will speak with investment experts from around the country. We will cut through the jargon to allow you to make more insightful investment decisions for your future. This is The Richards Report. Before we begin, I would like to say that the information discussed in this podcast is factual information only and is not intended to and does not constitute financial advice. Today, episode one, we're discussing exchange-traded funds, and here is our first acronym from the industry. They're known as ETFs. If I've still got your attention, then give yourself a pat on the back, as I'm aware nothing rouses, excites, and exhilarates you like a discussion on ETFs. You might have heard about ETFs. Maybe you already know a little bit about them. Maybe when I first said ETF, you were thinking WTF. Well, I'm glad you asked. We are going to learn about ETFs, and we're very lucky to have an expert with us today, and I'm not even talking about myself. We're speaking with Damien Sherman, Head of ETF Capital Markets Australia at Vanguard. Damien, thank you for joining us today. Thanks very much, Ted. It's great to be here. Damien, Head of ETF Capital Markets at Vanguard, what does your role involve? So at Vanguard, I... And the team and I work with the ETFs um, all, all day, every day. We're responsible for managing the secondary market aspects of an ETF. That's the exchange part, the exchange-traded fund. Yep. And we manage the relationships with market makers and the exchange to make sure that investors are getting high-quality execution on the market. So they're buying ETFs at the most efficient price possible. Okay. So... What are exchange-traded funds? What is an ETF? An ETF is a managed fund, essentially, that is listed on the exchange. They're, they're the two most important aspects. Yep. So it's a, it's a managed fund that owns a portfolio of securities, yep. and it's listed on the exchange, which means it uh, prices during the day. You can go to your uh, broker account and buy it, you can see the price on the exchange, and you can use that broker account to buy it. Um, so that's essentially what it is. And the other interesting and uh, characteristic of ETFs is that they're typically index-based. Yep. So they are a very low-cost way of getting access to a particular asset class. And this and an ETF will will be very predictable in its returns. It will follow the Australian shares index. It will follow the international shares index. So, for someone that might not know what an index is, well, can you give us an example of what an index is? Yes, certainly. An index is uh, particularly a market cap index. Yep. It's a portfolio of securities um, that is it, the entire market for that asset class. So the most well-known index is the S&P 200, yep. uh, the ASX S&P 200, which is the 200 top uh, 
largest companies on the ASX. And so an index portfolio owns all of those stocks in the same proportions that they are on yep. the market. Okay. So what are ETF strengths? Why have they become so popular in Australia over the last decade or so? ETFs are a very good way for investors to get low-cost, broadly diversified exposure to markets all over the world. And that's their key strength. They've been very big in the US, they're very big in Europe, and now they're becoming bigger and bigger here in Australia. Um, they, they're on the exchange and yep. uh, people like using the exchange uh, and that's another reason why they've become so popular. But it's really about that low-cost, uh, broad diversification that you get one trade gets you exposure to 300 securities uh, within, um, within the Australian market and you can also get exposure to international shares and other asset classes such as fixed income. Yep. So can you outperform the market with an ETF? So that's an interesting question. And in general, for index ETFs, um, they're they're not designed to outperform the market. They are designed to perform at the market. To uh, get you the exposure. To get you the exact exposure of the market. And that's what they do. Now, um, it's important to understand that what you can do is build a portfolio of ETFs, and yep. that can be across the different asset classes. And for instance, constructing a portfolio that way, that may allow you to outperform inflation or outperform yep. the cash rate or even outperform the Australian market if yep. you have a, a broadly diversified portfolio across international shares, international bonds, domestic bonds, or the Australian market. Okay, so we've spoken about their strengths. What about their risks? What are some of the risks that we might might need to consider? So the key risk with ETFs, with any investment, is yep. the market exposure. Yep. You are investing in a security that the price of that will change based upon the, the, the cash flow of the underlying uh, assets that that portfolio invests in. So that market exposure, that's the key risk. So when you buy an Australian shares ETF, then the value of that investment will go up and down with the Australian market and the same with international shares and with bonds. So that's a key risk. There are other risks with uh, ETFs that are a lot smaller than that particular market risk. Um, And these are all outlined in a disclosure statement. Um, But those risks can be things like liquidity risk. Liquidity for ETFs is very high. We have high-quality market makers providing liquidity. Yep. Um, so they're really they're, they're, the, the key one there is that is that market risk yep. and uh, the, the other risks involved with them really are, are, are quite minimal. Yep. So how does Vanguard make money? What fees do we typically pay to invest in ETFs? So the way that the fee structure on an ETF works is exactly the same or, or uh, is the same as, uh, as in the normal managed fund. So that is that each product has what we call an MER and management expense ratio. Yep. And that is a certain percentage of the total value of the fund which gets paid to the manager. So on our Australian shares fund, that is uh, 0.14%. So each year, Vanguard takes 0.14% of the value of the entire portfolio to, uh, we, we take that as our, as our company revenue. Yep. 
Um, that's pretty small. So on a ten thousand dollar investment, off the top of my head, that's what one hundred and forty dollars. One hundred and forty dollars. That's yeah. right. So it's it's really it's really low, and and investors are paying that. They don't see it. Um, it's only written in the disclosure statements and on the website as 0.14. Um, it's in the annual report as an amount that gets paid to Vanguard, but you don't see on your account from yep. your advisor to say management fee Vanguard. You don't see that it's it's in the product. Okay, so it gets taken out automatically as opposed to exactly. getting an invoice to pay $140. Exactly, yeah, okay. that, that's how that works. So you, you've um, spoken about managed funds. What is the difference between an ETF and say a managed fund? Is there, is there much of a difference? Um, there is and there isn't, is the answer there. You have to remember that managed funds themselves are extremely varied. There's yep. lots of different times there, types. There are hedge funds, there are active funds, there are index funds. Yep. And they, in it, all as managed funds, they're really different from each other. Some of them are high risk and you don't know what you're investing in. Others are, are active where they're aiming to outperform the market. That's the active funds. And then there are index funds, which is trying to just reflect the index. ETFs are more similar to the index funds. Yep. And the big difference between them is that they are exchange-based. So you can go onto your the ASX and you can buy them there through your broker. But with a managed fund, you'll usually go directly to the issuer. You'll go in the front door, you'll give them your money and they'll give you used to be unit certificates and now yep. it's, it's an account where you've got those. And the other big difference between ETFs and managed funds in general is that cost. It's really that yep. 14 basis points for Australian shares. It's multiple times of that in active funds and hedge funds, and they have performance fees. So that's another key key difference. Yeah, that's an important comparison to make. So before we go any further, I'd just like to mention that this podcast is brought to you by Six Park. Six Park, the low-cost provider of the highest quality automated investment management service Compare the fees and the experience of the Six Park team with any other robo-advisor at sixpark.com.au. Okay, Damien, now that we know what an ETF is, a basic way to value an ETF is to compare it to its net asset value. And that's, there we go, that's another acronym, and it's NAV. What does the NAV represent and why is it so important? So the NAV of an ETF is the value at a point in time, and it's usually expressed as a price. So at the uh, overnight, our VAS, our Australian Shares ETF, is valued at about say seventy three dollars sixty four. I'm just making that yep, up. It's yep. about seventy three dollars something, and that um, and that is the value as at four p.m. yesterday when the market closed. So it's a very up to date value of each unit of that ETF. And what that does is when we start trading at 10 a.m. today, uh, that has um, that, that price is the starting point for the day. And it will change through the day because the underlying shares will change in value, but that's the starting point. And it's a good mechanism for investors to use to say, is this price that's on the exchange, is that a, a, a good price? And you can refer back to that NAV for, that was struck at the end of the previous day and you can say well that's only a few cents away so i'm, I'm confident that that's that that's a good price if so, it's really far away if it's ten dollars away that's a bad price and you should be aware of that okay so is it um is it, is it ever possible to trade it out to buy at a discount to the uh, nav 
So premiums and, di- and discounts to the NAV within ETFs, they do exist, but they're really small. And they're typically between, uh, we term it five basis points or 20 basis points. So that's a, a normal spread for an Australian shares ETF will be about 0.1 of a percent. And that's from the bid to offer. So that so you do buy it at that premium and discount, but that's tiny. It's really, it's a very small spread. You can't, you, you sh- and you shouldn't look at ETFs and say, hey, I want to buy this at a discount today and I'm going to make some money and I'm going to get myself 2% return by the end of the day. You can't get that from an ETF in the, in the premium discount in your trading activity. You're looking to pick up the ETF at um, the fair, accurate price. And there is a tiny bit, as I said, this 10 basis points or 0.1 of a percent that uh, where it, it is a little bit lower than the net, net asset value, but, uh, but it's really small. So if, if you did have that minor difference in price, um, say overnight, is there a time of day that you would recommend people to buy, buy shares? Yeah. Uh, buy ETF, sorry. Yes, there is, um, there is some rules of thumb that are a good idea to, to follow. And the first one of them is not to trade at the open. Um, so ETFs get their price from the underlying shares. And so the market makers, the people that provide those prices that we deal with, um, they will wait for all of the Australian shares to be trading so that they can feel confident that they know exactly what that price is. And that can take 20 or so minutes. And so it starts, that clock starts at 10 o'clock. And by 20 past, 25 past, it, th- those prices will be good. So we typically tell investors, don't trade until 10.30. That's, that's the easiest rule of thumb. And then it's the same at the end of the day. The time frame is much smaller. Um, just a few minutes. Don't trade in what we call the close. So with three minutes to go, if you're, um, if you're getting to that stage, then just put it off to the next day. Yeah, take a smoker at 10.30 or 3 o'clock. Yes. Do your trades yeah. then? Yes, that's okay. right. Okay. Some of the best performing ETFs out there are geared ETFs and equally some of the worst performing ETFs are also geared. What is a geared ETF and why are we seeing such a diverse range of performance? So firstly, um, as ETFs go there, and there's some naming conventions there, yep. um, they... As an ETF, it typically won't be geared. So if you see something that's named ETF, then yep. you can, at this point in time, feel confident that it is not geared. But what that geared is, is that within that portfolio, it has borrowed money. Ah, So it's effectively a margin loan, if people are aware what a margin loan is, but inside the product. So what that does is it uh, increases your risk and increases your scope for return. But, I mean, it's, it's a key thing to understand there is that it is more risky. You are spending money that you haven't got. And so you can, uh, you will amplify your returns if they go up, but it will amplify your losses if it goes down. Well, the, hence why we're seeing some of the best performing ones are geared and some of the worst performing exactly. are geared too. Yeah. So that's geared ETFs. What is a synthetic ETF and what extra risks do they carry? Yeah, that's a good question, Ted. Um, the a, a synthetic ETF, the best way to explain that is to, first of all, explain what a, a physically backed ETF is or, uh, or a long-only ETF, um, and because they're the opposite to synthetic. Uh, and so 
and they are, it's important to note that predominantly all the ETFs here in Australia are this physically backed or long owned. Okay. So there are very few here in Australia. Other markets around the world have more, yep. but here in Australia there are very few. So okay. that's the first thing. The, the next thing, this physically backed means that when the money comes into the fund, the portfolio manager goes and buys shares and and only those shares. Um, and it, it stores the ownership of the shares on, on its register. Um, and that is high quality ownership. You own the shares. So another way to do that, a synthetic ETF, is where you might want the return of the gold price in euros. And that's a pretty difficult thing to get here in Australia. Yep. And so you can't go and buy gold in euros or you can't, but it's difficult to store it, these sort of things. So an easier way to do that is to go to an investment bank and say, can you please pay me the return of the gold price in euros? Okay. And they have a piece of paper that says, we promise to pay, we're investment bank number one, we promise to pay this client the return of the gold price in euros from this date to this date forward. So it is a promise from an investment bank to pay that amount to, to, to that fund. So that's the difference between synthetic and long only. It's full physical ownership of the yep. underlying assets or a promise from an investment bank to give you those returns. And so there's considerable differences in the, in the risks there. Um, and yeah, synthetic ETFs, they sound a bit more sophisticated than just your traditional vanilla ETF. Definitely, yep. yeah. So if we're considering investing in ETFs, let's go through a very basic checklist to help educate us on the quality of the, of the ETF we're looking at investing in. A couple of questions that we, we might ask, I guess the first is, what does the ETF own? What are the most popular? So what are the most popular ETFs at Vanguard? So our most popular ETFs, so the most popular is Vanguard Aussie Shares, Australian yeah. Shares. It's VAS. Um, it's been on the market since 2009. What does that track? What index? The S&P 300. Yep. ASX S&P 300. Um, so that's a really strong product. It's got the lowest uh, management fee for um, Australian Shares ETFs here. Um and, and it's been really popular with all, all sorts of investors. Yep. Um, so that's, uh, that's one of our popular ones. Another one is um, our US shares. It's, yep. The ticker there is VTS. Um, and that's also been around since 2009. So it's had a lot of uh, years of collecting assets. Across so, the 10 years of um, yeah, uh, track record. Yeah. So it, it's been a really strong uh, uh, fund as well, which investors have liked. Um, there's our global shares. That is VGS, yep. and that uh, that covers the developed markets, so US, Japan, Europe, predominantly about three percent Australia. No, it's, it's Global Shares X Australia, so um, US, Japan, and Europe. Uh, and then we've also got a very popular Australian fixed income ETF, so that tracks the Bloomberg uh, um, Composite Index, so a combination of government bonds, semi-government bonds, and corporate bonds. Okay. So I guess the second question that we might want to ask is, what is the net asset value, the NAV? Is the ETF trading at a premium or a discount to the NAV? That would, would you say that would be the next step to, to look at when you're comparing? Uh, there'd be a few things I'd look at before I started looking at okay. the actual trading execution. If you're looking at an ETF, uh, you want to, first of all, think about your portfolio and yes. wh what sort of um, 
exposure do I want? Do I want diversified across Australian shares, international shares and, and bonds? And so you would get an idea in your head of the of the diversification and the portfolio structure that you want. The next thing to look at when you're looking at the products is to say, well, which index is it following? Is it a, a high quality brand of index being S&P or MSCI or FTSE uh, or Bloomberg for, for bonds? So you would look at the quality of the index uh, and then you would look at cost to so say, yep. I want to uh, get my cost down as low as possible because it's one of the key things that you can control within, uh, within your investment experience. You can control your cost because you choose a product which, uh, which you can see the cost on. Um, and then you would start looking at how well does it trade. And you might start trying to understand the liquidity and whether it's trading at a high um, discount and premium or whether it's trading at a really narrow one. And obviously you want to go for the ones trading at a narrower discount and premium. Um, I guess we also want to check off to make sure that it's uh, not a synthetic or geared ETF. How, how could we go about finding that information? So typically you would find that information from the issuer website um, or um, research papers that you might be reading about it. But the the websites are typically very good quality information. They, um, and, you can, and then if you're looking for more detailed information, then there's a product disclosure statement and that and that will go into detail about what the investment strategy is and whether it owns derivatives and whether it uh, has gearing in it and what it's physically backed or otherwise. So. Yeah, something I haven't mentioned so far is uh, what about dividends? Do most Vanguard ETFs pay out dividends or do you normally uh, reinvest them? So with ETFs and, and typically managed funds in general, they will pass through to the investor all the income they receive, whether it's dividends or whether it's um, coupons from, from bond ETFs. All of that income that's received will be paid out to the investor. And that includes franking credits for Australian shares. When we receive those dividends in from the underlying stocks, we put it all together, aggregate it together, and then we will pay that out to investors quarterly. And most of our products are done quarterly uh, and you'll receive that, that income and then we'll provide in that statement details about the franking credits. So all of those franking credits are passed directly through to the investor. Um, one final question. What about tax issues if I'm investing overseas? You mentioned, uh, say, the US ETF that you have that's quite popular. Um, I'm sure, are there tax issues as, as an Australian investing in the US? Um, there are a couple of tax impacts um, with international shares. The main one is uh, withholding tax. So withholding tax is when uh, a foreign investor invests in, um, in a country, say into Switzerland, and shares there, then when that company pays dividends out, then that local government might charge withholding tax. And so yep. they might lose, it can be 5%, 10%. And, um, and so that income payment is reduced by a little bit when it comes back to the fund. So okay. that's the main impact yep. there. So that is a very a bit of a basic framework to compare ETFs with each other as what may appear to be a similar ETF can actually differ a lot in fees, risks and returns. Thank you, Damien, for taking the time to chat with us today. It was a real insight for us into the world of exchange-traded funds, how they work, 
what the benefits are, but also how to reduce risks when selecting ETFs. If you would like to know more information about anything we have spoken about, go to the Richards Report blog at sixpark.com.au. Damien, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Um, I will have some links up where you can find out more on uh, on both Damien and Vanguard. I'll put up Damien's personal mobile number up there too. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, 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 just joking, I won't. Um, or you can shoot me a question on Twitter at Richards underscore report. Make sure to include the underscore in that because if you don't, you're going to contact another person that tweets out the daily temperatures on the top of Mount Threadbow each day. Big shout out to that person and the great work that they're doing on Threadbow, but that's not me. My intuition uh, says that it's probably pretty cold up at the top of Threadbow most days of the year, but uh, now we can always double check. That's it for my first episode. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes as I'm going to be doing a new investing podcast each month. Before we go, I've got a favor to ask. As I've only just started out, I would appreciate a bit of your help. If you've enjoyed this first episode of the podcast, please go to iTunes and leave some feedback. I'd really appreciate it. I'm Ted Richards, and you've been listening to The Richards Report. Mm -hmm.